the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Six minutes after the six o'clock hour on the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. President Joe Biden is in Cincinnati. He's two hours from taking to the CNN airwaves with Don Lemon. I was going to describe Don Lemon, but he's just a hateful liberal hack. It'll be a CNN town hall. And you'll hear, let me see, what do we hear tonight? Inflation is temporary. The rich are not paying their fair share. Uh, White supremacy is an existential threat. Climate change is an existential threat. Voter ID is an existential threat. Um, LGBTQ plus um, should be protected. Critical race theory doesn't exist. But it will be taught in every school, and don't you dare push back against it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. Would you like a preview? You would like a preview of uh, the president? Uh, okay. Well, here's uh, a little bit of what Joe Biden will say tonight about how we fix all the problems in America. They support asking the wealthiest 1% of Americans and corporate America not to pay more than it. So just begin to pay their fair share. Just oh, step yeah. up a little bit. The idea that 50 largest corporations in America uh, pay no tax, I I think people should be able to be millionaires and billionaires if they have the ideas. But Lord's sake, the idea, let's start paying your fair share. Hmm. Fair share. Okay. Let's talk about fair share, shall we? 50 of the largest corporations in America pay no tax. Okay, that's a lie. As was... The story from ProPublica a few weeks ago that people like, you know, Jeff Bezos is worth, he's worth like $155 billion, and he paid no tax. Warren Buffett, he's worth a billion dollars. He paid no tax. Bill Gates is worth $120 billion. He paid no tax. Okay, let me tell you how that story comes about and how corporations are labeled that they pay, quote, no tax. There are... Many cities that give corporations tax abatements, which is they forgive their tax, in order to get them to locate in their city. Would you be happier in Columbus, Ohio, if nationwide insurance, if motorist insurance were not headquartered here? Yes, they're evil corporations. What about the fact that thousands of people work for them and take home paychecks every week and buy homes and shop at groceries where you work? Oh, well, I never really thought about that. Yeah, okay. Now, Jeff Bezos, he's worth $150 billion, right? 
So why did he pay relatively little tax? Well, okay, let's take you. Let's say you're worth, eh, you got $200,000 in your 401k. And just to make it nice and easy, you have a house worth $300,000. And congratulations, you've paid it off. You're living in it. So your net worth is right around $500,000, half a million. You're worth a half a million dollars. Did you pay any tax on that? Did you pay any tax on that? No, you didn't pay any tax on that. You know why you didn't pay any tax on that? Because those two things, your $200,000 401k and your $300,000 house, are yours. They contribute to your bottom line, your wealth. But you didn't access them last year. You didn't cash them in. You didn't sell your house. You're worth $500,000, but those are assets that you don't have to pay tax on right now. Eventually, you will. Jeff Bezos, he's got... He's got... How many... It seems like every time I drive around the Outer Belt, I see three or four more Amazon computer centers and fulfillment centers and everything else. Is he paying tax on those? I doubt it. Why is he not paying tax on those? Because probably he got a tax abatement to locate them there. Or because he's plowing the money back into them, according to U.S. federal tax law. He's allowed to grow his business with the profits of his business. So... These headlines and these little quippy sound bites from Joe Biden, they sound like, oh, well, well that doesn't sound right. That, like, we got to stop that, evil Republicans. If you're not going to allow businesses to plow money back into their own businesses to grow their businesses, then you're not going to have a job. You're not going to be able to put food on the table. You're not going to be able to buy a house, a car. Send your kids to college or anything else. Okay, so it's very nefarious that most Democratic talking points hinge upon people's ignorance. And I don't say ignorance as an insult. Ignorance, I clearly define ignorance. Ignorance is the availability of knowledge and the choice not to seek it. So when you hear, oh, there are 50 corporations, they don't pay taxes. Jeff Bezos doesn't pay any taxes. Well, maybe you need to find out, how is that possible? And then you'll see that if you own a home, if you have investments and you haven't cashed them in, you've got a little piece of the same tax haven pie that Jeff Bezos is enjoying Every day, whether it's in his office at the Washington Post or in his office at Amazon or 60,000 feet in the air in his strangely shaped rocket ship. It always comes back to truth, doesn't it? It always comes back to truth. If people would just tell it, if they wouldn't try to traffic on ignorance, they wouldn't try to take advantage of that, we'd all be better off. So asking the right question is important. Understanding the nuance of a question is also important. And I just do not have a piece with supporting 
a political ideology propagated by people who count on my ignorance in order to convince me that they deserve my vote. And that, to me, is um, the quintessential description of the Democratic Party and of leftists. Now, one of their favorite tactics is, as I've told you many times, to implement something, and then when caught, to either say, no, 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 we didn't, we, we didn't implement that. Like, you're, you're imagining that. De- remember defund the police? No, those are Republicans that are trying to defund the police. Critical race theory? Oh, we're not teaching that in schools. Another one of their dodges is to, in the words of presidential truth masseuse Jen Psaki, circle back or walk it back when they are found out. Biden administration doing that today. I'll give you the details next on The Bruce Hooley Show. It is 6.18 on The Bruce Hooley Show. Are we still phone-free? We are. Yeah. No phone calls today. Why? Some really good call topics, but that's okay. That's okay. We will soldier on. Uh, One of the favorite topics of the left is to deny, deny, deny. We're not teaching critical race theory. What are you talking about? We don't support it. It's, or it's too complex. So lots and lots of different excuses they make. Well, the Biden administration is now saying that the Department of Education um, linking to the Abolitionist Teaching Network's Guide for Racial Justice and Abolitionist Social and Emotional Learning was a honest mistake. Uh, they're backing away from their support that, while it doesn't qualify as, quote, critical race theory, certainly postulates critical race theory concepts. I'll cut right to the chase. Uh, the Abolitionist Teaching Network is headed by uh, a woman whose name is Love, although she doesn't profess much for her fellow man. Why can I not find her first name in this story? Um, Apologize for that. Anyway, here is her quote. The Abolitionist Teaching Network (laughs) is dedicated to not creating new schools or reimagining schools, but destroying schools that do nothing but harm black and brown children. Bettina Love is her name. Uh, Bettina continued, If you don't recognize that white supremacy is in everything we do, then we've got a problem. Yes, this is the organization that issued the handbook that the Department of Education said, hey, you know, you ought to take a look at this abolitionist social and emotional learning handbook. It's got some good stuff in there. What kind of stuff? All right. The handbook says, abolitionist teaching promotes justice, healing, joy, and liberation for all black, brown, and indigenous folks. By the way, folks is spelled F-O-L-X. Is that a thing? Is that like LGBTQ plus? Is that like 
Latinks. I've not seen folks spelled with an X. I'm pretty sure that's woke. Uh, she says the abolitionist teaching network is oh man, here comes a here comes a woke word salad. Inclusive of all intersecting identities. Are you hearing the leftist alarm bells ring? You should. You should be. The Abolitionist Teaching Network Guide to Racial Justice and Social and Emotional Learning calls on educators to, quote, remove all punitive or disciplinary practices that spirit murder black, brown, and indigenous children. Hmm. Let me tackle that again. (laughs) So this woman's initiative calls upon uh, educators to remove, remove all punitive or disciplinary practices that spirit murder black, brown, and indigenous children. Well, I mean, I on its face, I want to say, yeah, I'm against the murder of any kid, but this is not murder. This is spirit murder. I've not heard that term yet. I've heard most every term. Aaron, have you heard the term spirit murder? Have not. I mean, you've heard silence is violence. Let's do a quick uh, inventory here. Silence is violence. Um, you know, words are violence. Um, boy, I've, I, <laughs> you know, you've harmed me. I've suffered harm. Um, you've uh, marginalized me. You've... Uh, You're not recognizing my authentic self. All those are used as characterizations. You're you're bigoted, you're homophobic, you're xenophobic. Lots of labels, lots of ugly labels. Racist, of course. I've not heard yet that anybody's been accused of spirit murder. What would that entail? What would spirit murder entail? I don't know. But they are supposed to not spirit murder, and they are to build a school culture that engages in healing and advocacy. This requires a... Okay, good. I'm glad you tell me what I have to do. This requires a commitment to learning from students. Okay, sure. Families, yeah. And educators. Okay, so far so good. Who disrupt whiteness and other forms of oppression. Yeah, that I got a problem. So, this is racism, pure and simple. And the Biden administration put out a notice from the Department of Education that this method of teaching was something that people should take a look at and prioritize. And then people read it and went, what? And they said, ah, it was just, just a mistake there. We do not endorse the recommendations of this group, nor do they reflect the policy positions. It was an error in a lengthy document to include this citation. Really? Was it an error? Was it really an error? No, it wasn't an error. You know what? There's a colloquial saying for something like this. That colloquial saying is, run it up the flagpole and see who salutes. Let it out. Run it out there. Release it. See if anybody objects. 
That's what this is about. So this is the challenge for parents, Pickerington, Hilliard, Olentangy, Columbus Academy, all over central Ohio, all over Ohio, even in my rural district. This is the challenge for parents. They'll tell you they're not teaching critical race theory because this, the Abolitionist Teaching Network's Guide for Racial Justice and Abolitionist Social and Emotional Learning, is not critical race theory. But it sure has all the elements of critical race theory. And so I can give you a glass of cola, and you can taste the beverage in that glass. And you can say, that's, uh, that's Coke. And I can say, no, I, no, I didn't serve you Coke. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I've, I've tasted Coke before, like, like, like it's Coke. I mean, it's Coke. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, no, it's not Coke. I, I'm not serving you Coke. What am I serving you? I'm, well, I might be serving you Pepsi. I might be serving you RC Cola. I might be serving you Big K Cola. I might be serving you Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi or Diet Dr. Pepper. I might be serving you something that has all the trappings of Coke, the fizz, the color, elements of the taste, maybe accentuate a little more here, a little less there, not as sweet, maybe a little bit more aftertaste, a little bit less aftertaste, whatever. Could have sugar in it, could not have sugar in it, could have saccharin in it, could have who knows what in it. But you just are generally speaking... When you say Coke, you mean cola. I'm listening for you to say specifically the exact brand. And that is how they get around this in local school districts when they say, no, no, we're not teaching critical race theory. Because whatever handbook they're teaching from, whatever the principles they're teaching from, you'll probably be able to go through the book if you can get your hands on it, which they'll fight you tooth and nail to let you look at it. You'll probably be able to get, if you can get your hands on it, you'll look at it and, okay, no, there's no trademark critical race theory. There's no signature of Derek Bell. There's no signature of any of the other founders of critical race theory. But is it the exact same stuff, the exact same ideas? Yes, it is. So you can't answer, you can't ask a question specific enough for the people who are committed to indoctrinating your kids with critical race theory to get them to admit they're doing what they're doing. You can't, it's not possible to ask a question specific enough. Are you teaching critical race theory? No. You might as well ask them, did you just serve me Coke? <laughs> no, of course not. We served you Pepsi. So you have to engage. You have to be involved. You have to read the books. You have to see what's in there. You have to speak the language. You have to research. You have to find out what CRT is. And you have to know how to head it off, right? I mean, if you had a pest in your house, mosquitoes were getting in, or a mouse was getting in, you could walk around the outside of your house. You might find a hole in a screen. You might find a crack in the foundation. And you might plug the hole in the screen or plug the crack in the foundation and go back inside and say, okay, I got it. I took care of it. As if 
the one vulnerability that you spotted is the only vulnerability that exists. You might have gotten lucky. You might have found the infiltration point. Most likely you didn't. Most likely you got to keep looking. You got to keep investigating. You got to stay vigilant. Well, that is my encouragement to you as we move into the school year. Be awake. Don't just take no for an answer. Because if they're teaching this to their kid, your kids, and they most likely are, they don't want you to know about it.